you know, every every morning I I um, when I sit at my breakfast, I'm thinking, you know, what I should speak about uh, when I meet all of us here in this group, and it's always a surprise, you know, what comes up because I don't plan it much. And then, you know, over the week, I'm reading things and I'm doing trainings. And sometimes, you know, I look into the news and then whatever comes up at that breakfast for me, you know, then I'll take that as a jumping board for what I talk about, what I bring to the group. And today, you know, what came to my mind is that proverb, which all of you have heard probably many times, the path is made by walking. And, you know, it's so much aligned with the Buddha's teaching, actually, how the Buddha describes what's called, you know, the middle way or the noble eightfold path, which, you know, is appearing as we are walking it through the causes and conditions, you know, we are setting in place through the way we apply ourselves to the practice. That's how the path appears. And there's always like a great deal of uncertainty and unpredictability, but we do have clarity how to relate to that uncertainty and unpredictability. That's, uh, you know, what the Buddha's teaching is all about giving us instructions how to relate to our experience. He doesn't say, you know, what it is, but he gives us a lot of guidance in how to relate to it. And then, you know, we can start to notice, you know, do we shut down? Do we distract ourselves? You know, do we have a repetition compulsion because of some unresolved trauma? Or are we able, you know, to stay open? You know, and everything in between. That is the path, you know, leading us to ever greater openness in relationship to our own experience. So we can say we have certainty on how to relate to uncertainty. That's what we do have. And I think that's a good way, you know, to, to get started and to remember that. When we are you know, caught up in the flood of the thinking mind, it's most important to come back into the body. Grounding ourselves in this direct experience of the elements that make up our bodies. And we have had, you know, several occasions of the guidance of the, the elements. I was uh, bringing that to us, you know, experiencing directly in the body earth element, water element, fire element, um, wind element and space element and consciousness element as well. You know, and coming back to that very direct experience, which is not easy to be with because the mind is so addicted to, to thinking about experience rather than directly being with it. But that's why it's a training. Because it's very, very simple in terms of, you know, intellectual understanding. There's not much needed, but it's not easy to do because the discomfort of that direct experience, you know, usually always drives us into going back into our thought patterns and splitting off the energy from the body into the head and then just thinking, thinking, thinking 
and because we try to kind of get away from the pain, you know, which needs to be felt, needs to be sensed in order to open up the flow. We could say, you know, the, the discomfort is kind of the gateway into a greater openness. Because we can really, we can virtually liquefy those blockages if we have a perseverance and patience, you know, and the Buddha is on record for having said, patient perseverance is the most important ingredient for the holy life. This very simple, very humble practice of patient perseverance is not very glorious, you know, but that's it what makes the transformation possible. And, you know, for the quote, by Ajahn Pasano, who is the uh, previous abbot of Abayagiri Monastery, who is also, you know, a uh, senior monk in the Ajahn Chah tradition and has trained with Ajahn Chah himself. And he said, you know, that he, I'm quoting him here, I remember Ajahn Chah saying one time, addressing the issue of wanting to really push and then feeling frustrated by that. And then he said, Ajahn Chah said, can you just learn to practice like an earthworm? They can't know where they are going. They are just like going on, putting their head down, just go, just have earthworm practice. But keep moving, keep being constant, keep being consistent. So exactly, you know, that very humble quality of being consistent and digesting basically those old data which have been sidelined, you know, because when they happened, we weren't able to open to it because we were maybe very small children or infants. And that's the intelligence, you know, of the trauma response is if it's not possible to deal with something, if there is danger of being overwhelmed, the mind has an inbuilt evolutionary capacity to not attend. But then, you know, those unattended data packages, they are frozen in the body. And as we are practicing, you know, we start to unfreeze those data packages. And then the unfelt feelings, the unfelt sensations, they come up for consideration, you know, then we need to turn towards those, you know, one step at a time, of course. And through that, we come back to life, through digesting these old data packages, by feeling and sensing and it's not so much about what it is, but how we are relating to that. That's so important, you know. The simplicity of that, opening to the mind to all that is there, and then the path appears, you know, by walking. Often, you know, we put the foot down into midair, and then the path appears. And this is why it is so scary. And in that way, you know, we're rekindling what we already know. It's an unlearning, it's a shedding, it's a letting go. 
we are not, you know, getting more luggage to carry along through practicing the Buddha's teaching. It's the opposite. It's about putting things down. Because the essence of the Buddha's teachings isn't a body of knowledge, you know, which can be remembered, you know, word for word, but it's much more like an intuitive knowing how to relate to our experience, an intuitive deep trust, you know, that whatever arises is impermanent and unsatisfactory and empty of a self. That's really the essence, the timeless essence of the teachings. And uh, in order for that practice, you know, to, to start, we need to quiet the mind by grounding ourselves. And that's already, we know how to do this. This is not rocket science, you know. And then when the mind becomes quiet and is settled down, it becomes more and more coherent because those patterns, those old patterns, they are in abeyance, you know, for, for the time being. And there is more clarity taking place. And then through that clarity, our intuition can start to blossom. So just uh, let's find a posture we can sustain for about 40 minutes. And as I often say, you know, you don't have to work hard. It's much more about coming into the body and allowing the sense of gravity to gently show you where you come from and where you belong. You know, this living intelligent earth, which is carrying all of us even we are sitting on different spots on the grid around the globe. Hmm. So coming to the direct experience of body which is made of the elements which is not separate from the planet and where we know that there's a constant exchange happening between the elements which make up the biosphere and the elements which make up our bodies at this point. And within seven years, it's all changing. It takes about seven years for a body to be completely replaced. And if we, you know, remember reflecting on how small and tiny our bodies were when we were born and how different they are looking now, of course, you know, that's not the same body. And through eating, drinking, breathing, going to the bathroom, 
sweating and crying. There have been so many loops, you know, of exchange between the biosphere and our bodies. It's kind of amazing to reflect on this. And through this reflection, you know, we are slowly but surely improving our perception. And with that, also our response. We, you know, more and more able to take on responsibility rather than just reacting. It's a healing process, really. And before we go deeper, just noticing yeah, what you're bringing to this session, how the body is uh, doing emotional and the mind. Just taking a short screenshot. And allowing you know, our nervous system to guide us. And also, you know, reflecting why you have come here today to this session. Why are you practicing? And feeling another connection to the earth, the non-separation, the embeddedness in this vast field of intelligence. Which is becoming conscious to many of us now at this time of, you know, eco-social crisis. It's like an unveiling. The word apocalypse means, you know, to unveil something, to remove 
layers of confusion to remove filters and then seeing something or intuiting something which we didn't know before consciously. It was hidden to us in plain sight because it wasn't yet the time for that unveiling to happen. Yeah, and quantum physics, you know, tells us that everything around us and in us is like an informational field. And we are basically living inside of this vast field of intelligence, which we can learn to relate to. By removing filters. So it's an unlearning rather than adding something we don't really know yet. It's an unlearning, letting go of that which is in between those defense layers. That's a, a gradual training, which can be done. And we are kind of, we are the organs of that intelligence and also its activity. And, you know, through the practice, we can be more and more intuitively connected and be recipients of that truth of that information to the degree we are ready. And that's a, a question of training. Of, you know, unlearning those patterns those repetitions, you know, like a hamster in a wheel. And some of them are personal, individual, some of them are ancestral, and some of them are collective. And at this point in history, a certain collective layer is becoming conscious regarding, you know, our relationship to earth, 
our relationship to the planet. We are pushed, you know, to allow, let that become conscious. We are pushed by, by the planet herself. Through those, you know, ecological tragedies which are happening, which are so many right now that we can no longer pretend it's not happening. That most, you know, more and more people are coming on board. It's not a question anymore. But it's still a question how to work with all of this. Even there's a lot of information already there, you know, technological and also money. But still to organize this transition is extremely complex. So, you know, to increase our man's capacity to handle complexity, first of all, it needs to be intimate with its own home base, you know, which is the body. And intimacy with the body, with the sensations and the feelings allows increasing capacity for complexity. being able to listen into what is emerging at the edge of our field of conscious experience. being able to stay open to that unknown as, as a teacher and even you know, develop a relationship with it. By listening with the heart rather than with the mind. We can even, you know, imagine the ears are 
in the heart area. So really listening with the whole body rather than with the ears only. It's an embodied listening. That's a, in a new way of uh, using the body as a instrument for receiving more consciously from everything which we are embedded in. So the body is an organ of listening. And you know, as we are learning to to do this, our sense of mastery and you know, sense of being a special species and all of that starts to disintegrate. And that's a good thing. It brings us into a humility. Which is a a prerequisite, you know, for starting to commune more fully with that which is so much vaster than us. And is pregnant with possibility. Biosphere, you know, has an incredibly vast field of intelligence. It has a constant data flow happening and always has happened, but we weren't aware of it. And now, because of what the situation is in the world right now, we start to awaken to it as a species. Because that's simply the next evolutionary step to be made in order to grow our capacity to be, you know, true organs and and receivers of this vast field we are embedded in. 
then the activity will flow forth from that. The intuition, the genius, you know, for living in new ways will blossom from that. By composting old ways, the new has a chance to flourish. You know, that's what's made, what's meant rather, uh, the path is made by walking. You know, being on the edge of what we know and feeling, you know, feeling ourselves to be drawn in this way brings up fear because of the uncertainty. But also it brings up true sense of purpose of you know being part of that unfolding and making oneself available for that can be you know quite uh, enlivening and energizing. The sense of purpose in all of this. difficulties, which helps us to steady ourselves and keep opening. And then I'm being willing to forego the so-called safety of the old ways because it isn't really safe. The only safety lies in opening to what is true. Even if it's scary at times. It's especially, you know, seeing that there are others who are on the same path, you know, on the same wavelength 
that can really help. And, you know, there's that inkling of that we are being authored by something so much vaster than our thinking mind. And the thinking mind is more like a worker, you know, which is then materializing and uh, organizing that what we know. that what we know is so much vaster and comes in, in in a very different way. You know, as we are noticing that we're not separate and that we are a representation of biosphere. Noticing, sensing that non-separability. That's how you know, we can ground ourselves and at the same time opening. by coming you know, back home to the body and starting also to notice that what we see around us is actually us. On the ultimate level.
then you know the sinking man surrenders because he can't really get a foothold and then something else takes over and we call it the heart and the sinking man can serve that but he can't control it So when a mind is quiet, you know, it's uh, so much easier to connect with that uh, non-separation. And, you know, when we are triggered or stressed, then the patternings of the mind, you know, come over us again, so to say. Like the waves, you know, become really powerful. And the learning is, you know, to Stay with direct experience when the waves get really high. And allow, you know, the discomfort to open us up. So we can step out of these old repetitions.
kind of healing that repetition compulsion through patient and kind attending to those patterns. You know, rather than buying into them, just sensing what's underneath, feeling that, you know, frozen data package from the past and allowing it to transform. And often, you know, when we're in a process like that, we get really hot in the body. That's the fire element is about transformation. And the wind element is about movement. You're aware of the breathing process, constant movement. Earth element is the structure, and the water element is shaping the structure. The emotional domain is the water element. And this body sits in space. In a limitless space which doesn't end at the walls of the room. And then, you know, that which knows about all of this. Becoming conscious of that as well. Awareness. 
becoming aware of itself. And then on the gentle joy or contentment when the mind isn't grasping to anything. The mind is wide open. And not picking and choosing. We're slowly coming to the end of the meditation. Coming back, you know, to sensing the weight, the body and the movement of the breathing. taking away that knowing that we are the organs and the activity of that vast field of intelligence. And we can train ourselves to be more conscious of that even through very challenging periods. And we need to start where we are.
and we can do this you know as a community.